This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental Pastilla Sill Podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Elliot Zeibel, CEO of Select Dental Management. Elliot, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Sure. Uh, my name is Elliot Zeibel. I'm the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Select Dental Management. I founded Select Dental with my uh, good friend who I've known since I was five years old, Dr. Jonathan Mason. And uh, we started the business out of um, his experience uh, purchasing a practice, uh, growing it significantly, and also the challenges uh, that he had just managing the day-to-day administrative tasks. So uh, our goal when we started Select was really to um, provide a differentiated alternative, a a partnership model where we would really preserve that clinical autonomy, which is really important to the the high-quality doctors that we support but also to um, help those doctors really uh, elevate their practices, patient care, patient experience, et cetera, and to drive uh, long-term sustainable growth. So we launched the business in 2018. Today we sit at uh, 40 practices in eight states, supporting about uh, 150 doctors, uh, 700 employees, and uh, about um, 200,000 patients. Fantastic. What a great opportunity to be able to start a business with your childhood friend. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it, it's funny that uh, when we see people that uh, we grew up with, and and uh, it's funny to to talk about how we're we're in business together now, and it's worked out very well. That's great, thank you. My first question for you is, what are the biggest issues you're following in dental today? Yeah, I mean, I think when we talk about just the the, the four wall uh, performance of practices, I think the the major thing I think we're all wrestling with is just the supply of specialized labor, uh, namely hygienists and inflation that we're seeing in, in labor costs. And I think that's the main thing. It's hard to find people when you find them, um, you know, the, I think the cost of labor, um, particularly in those specialized roles is, is you know, has, has inflated substantially um, and just becomes continuing uh, to be a challenge to, to find uh, the right people uh, and put them in the right seats. Uh, that's probably the biggest challenge that that we see at the moment. Uh, the second challenge is just, you know, I think, uh, and it hasn't really manifested or hurt our business yet. Maybe this is more of a of a concern, but really the the macro environment, right? Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, certainly with interest rates uh, substantially higher, inflation continuing to um, increase, uh, and now issues in the broader banking system. Um, you know, I think uh, that's certainly something we're keeping our eye on. Again, we have not seen that impact, um, you know, uh, any discernible metrics that we track, like revenue per visit or um, cancellation rates, uh, et cetera. But uh, that is definitely something that we're keeping our eye on. Interesting. And that sort of leads me to my next question, which is, what are you most excited about and what makes you nervous? Yeah, from an excitement perspective, I and mean, we're excited uh, really about the uh, organic growth opportunities that that we are uh, capturing uh, at scale in our practices and across our platform, and I think a lot of those uh, opportunities are are being created by leveraging technology and, and new technologies, and and I think it's it's an exciting time to to see all the innovation happening in in dentistry. Um, I think you know not only are we seeing much better um, access to data and analytics via our own uh, proprietary data warehouse that we've uh, created, but we're also seeing the ability to take that data and not only just, you know, um, push out scorecards, but to actually drive 
automation of administrative tasks um, and and to kind of free up our uh, team's capacity in the practices to really focus on the patients in front of them. And so I think uh, as we look out over the next, you know, one to two years, we've got a pretty robust uh, set of opportunities uh, to really drive, um, you know, improved care and experience. And, uh, you know, we feel pretty confident that we can uh, continue to grow our practices uh, double digits organically on a, on a same practice basis, which is our, our target over time and, uh, and something we've, we've achieved over time and we are achieving uh, year to date in 2023. Thank you. And are there uh, any things there that make you nervous? You know, uh, honestly, uh, I mean, I think it's kind of a little bit uh, maybe linked to the, you know, the issues or, or the challenges of, you know, labor supply and, and just general infl inflation, macroeconomic environment. But aside from, you know, those kind of external factors, I mean, we feel very confident in our ability to, to drive growth and improvement in, in our practices. I think the only other thing, you know, we didn't mention as like an issue, um, and I think this is not uh, an issue for driving organic growth, but I think will become and is becoming a challenge with driving acquisition growth is clearly the, the cost of capital and, and access to capital. Um, you know, I think that the, at, at the more institutional level have clearly uh, changed and cost of capital has gone up substantially. And the, the amount of capital folks can can procure has also changed, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how that really impacts multiples for, um, you know, kind of these tuck-in or kind of onesie twosie acquisitions that are the I think the the primary drivers of consolidation in the industry, and uh, you know I think there's there's uh, definitely some resetting that seems to be occurring and and that likely will continue to occur you know over the near term as I think the the, the changes in capital availability and costs, you know, trickle down through the MA markets. Thank you. My next question for you is what will the most effective healthcare leaders need to be successful in the next two to three years? I, I think they're going to need to have a real ability to drive organic growth at scale, right? There's only two ways to grow uh, a, a dental group and one is through acquisitions. And, and I think, you know, my perspective is that's going to be you know, uh, harder to do and, and probably less attractive than it was from a financial perspective. Um, and then the second way is to drive organic growth. And I think uh, when we talk to other folks in the industry, um, you know, investors, et cetera, I think there's certainly been a shift in more of a value placed on ability to drive post-affiliation organic growth um, as being likely a major driver of overall platform growth over the near and medium term. And I think I think people are starting to wake up and realize that the value of a of a dental group is not at all really driven by how quickly can you go acquire things. You know, I think uh, it's really driven by how consistently can you uh, not only acquire uh, or affiliate, but how consistently can you drive um, growth the right way? How consistently can you drive best in class operating metrics like uh, patient retention, doctor retention, team member retention, employee engagement, patient satisfaction, um, in addition to organic growth uh, from a revenue and EBITDA perspective. And so I think that those groups and those leaders that understand how to drive that and can get the buy-in of their teams, because I think the other challenge is, you know, it doesn't work to go and say, hey, we're going to do this because it's going to grow EBITDA 
or increase our margins. Like there has to be um, a tie back to your mission, vision, and values so that people are really motivated by what you're trying to um, have them do. Because if they don't understand the why and why it's, you know, good for their patients and for their teams and for them and their practice, uh, if they don't understand the how, if there's not accountability around it, um, if there's not a scoreboard and you don't have the analytics platform to be able to report on those things, then it's just really hard to drive, I think, um, growth at scale and initiatives at scale. So to me, I think, you know, the groups that, that understand how to not only identify opportunities, but really uh, drive buy-in and execution around them are going to be the ones that really differentiate, you know, over the, the near medium term. And I think that will further solidify their value proposition in the acquisition market, uh, you know, near term and over the long term as well. Fantastic. Well, Elliot, thank you so much for being here today and for your insights. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Great. Thanks for having me.